Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on 101.1 The Beard. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher Jarrett Johnson. The Beard Sports Director Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pre-Game, Jeff Scott. All right, welcome. It is, uh, man, what a, what an exciting day. You know, I know there were some games last weekend, but, boy, today, really, this is the day when college football starts. you got Texas Tech opening against Houston. It is in Houston tonight. Kickoff 6 o'clock from Energy Stadium. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, you guys watched some games already today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm yeah. great iron giddy, man. This is it. I'm too, I'm man. excited I, for the season. This is Christmas. I tell you what, it really is. Open, I mean, to me, this is really opening day for college football. You know, I mean, this is when the real when the real games get started. It's been a lot of fun today, and got games through the evening. Coming up on the pregame show today, as we get you ready for the uh, Texas Tech game tonight at six. Uh, special guest Keenan Ward, former Texas Tech Red Raider. Keenan, how you doing today, man? Good to have you, good to have you here. Just pull that down right there. Here, pull that microphone down right there. There you go. There you go. There how you go. doing today? Are we good? Yeah, good. we're good, man. Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. It's uh yeah, it's an exciting day here, man. We got a lot to get to today. We'll have some uh, recruiting updates, of course, and uh be breaking down Texas Tech offense tonight. What are we expecting against Houston and uh defense, of course, and defense looks to be looks to be at this point uh improved. I tell you what's so funny though about this, you know, the first game, you know, you always see stuff in scrimmages. You you read stuff on paper. You think you know what's going to happen. But as we've seen from some of today's games, you, you never really know until you get out there on the field against somebody other than your, you know, your own team. And you start, it gets real. And you've already seen some things uh, today that, well, even last night with North Carolina, right, ranked yeah. number 10, going down to Virginia Tech, you know. And, uh, boy, Virginia Tech looked really good. Their defense was pretty dominating. and That crowd. But, was, oh, that was, was unreal, awesome, wasn't right? it? Especially after last year, we didn't, you know, we didn't have it. Yeah, anywhere to have that crowd like that. Yeah, a factor in that game. Oh that man, was fun. yeah, that was cool. We got when you got to. I tell you, there's a lot of a lot of teams have some great openings for the game. You know, when they run out of the field and everything. But boy, that thing like, where they play inner Sandman, right? And man, that that was pretty electric to see. They got to play that uh, all year now, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched Penn State, Wisconsin today, beginning of the fourth. They did the jump around. I got goosebumps because the place was packed and hadn't been that way in two years, basically. Yeah, so that pretty game awesome. was so boring, though. I know. The, the first kind of half. Football, man. It's terrible. Charles Barkley, terrible. Already got a terrible. <laughs> terrible. Go. All right. Uh, well, we got a lot to get to today, but uh, as always, we always start the show. This is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame. Let's get going with the Rockin' Reality Check. This is where we uh, pretty much take the temperature of all things Texas Tech, and uh, here we are on the cusp of the very first game of the season. So uh, not really anything to go on other than what we've seen in uh, in scrimmages and, as we mentioned, on paper. But, uh, Pete, what are you feeling uh, just uh, less than two hours before kickoff? I like that little music bed under you. Wasn't that fun? Wasn't that nice? That was dramatic, wasn't it? Yeah. 
man, I feel good. I mean, uh, this is the time where at least all Red Raiders are, of course, rooting for Tech. But, you know, by the end of the day, some are going to be drinking Gatorade. Some will be drinking Haterade. Some will be drinking Kool-Aid. Uh, we get to find out today. I mean, Some may uh, be drinking bourbon. It just depends. Well, you know? And even more than that. So, <laughs> uh, you know, this is it. I mean, you know, uh, some coaches' jobs are on the line this season. This is one you got to get. Uh, as we were saying, I think... The crowd is at least 5,000 less next week at home if you don't win today. Uh, the good chance to get out there for Tyler Shuck. Uh, you know, first impressions are big. I mean, you've got to make a good first impression. Uh, not a Power 5 team. You beat these guys, I think, 9 out of 10, 8 out of 9, whatever it is. Uh, 8 out of 10. Yep. You've got to get it done today. Bottom line, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop dramatically if they don't get it done today. Yeah, this is definitely a game that's going to – really uh, kind of give you an indication of how the season might go. It's interesting. Houston leads the overall series 18-13 to 13 with one tie. And I'm actually kind of surprised to, to see that. But that dates back to a lot of that That's with Southwest school. Conference yeah. action. But Tech has actually won three in a row. And uh, you know, and, and has definitely owned Houston for the most part over the last uh, last several meetings. But yeah, if you throw in everything dating back to the Southwest Conference days, uh, Houston does have the edge. But none of that really matters. Jared, what are you thinking today? You know what? It occurred to me this week. Uh, you know, I went out to a lot of the practices as I like to do, and I, it's obvious to anyone who's been out there, they're more talented. Mm-hmm. They're deeper. They're bigger. They're faster. They upgraded the quarterback position. I mean, that those are all real things. And something in all this Kool-Aid I've been serving all offseason that didn't occur to me. I don't know why. I like to think because this is honestly a loser's mentality. So it didn't occur to me up until this week when I started getting nervous about the game. Is that what if they do have like a five-win season? Yeah. There's no excuse. Right. The talent has been upgraded. You know, yeah. there has been an excuse, whether you believe in such things or not, in terms of them not having their own guys, you know, the roster, what have you. Um, there were some real death. Uh, depth problems that's been not fixed completely but it's night and day different than Mm -hmm. what they inherited so there's no excuse if you lose now it's on you don't be blaming kingsbury don't be blaming past guys right it's your fault these are your guys for the most part um and the talent's there yeah so there's no excuse they they need to they need to go to a bowl game at least they need to put up a season that um makes tech fans have a little bit of pride again, and it all starts today. I mean, I think, like Pete said, you got to win today, or all these people that are on the fence, yeah, saying I'll believe it when I see it, and perhaps rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're going to fall off the bandwagon, and you're going yeah. to be begging for their attention the rest of the season. All right? right? Yeah, it's going to be tough if you lose today. Well, Tech is getting ready to kick off its 97th season of football uh, today at six wow. o'clock against Houston, and uh, you know, I'm always the pessimist. And uh, I, I'm, but I, and I'm definitely one of those guys. I you know all these years I've just gotten to a point I'm like yeah yeah you look better fine prove it. I mean I am I'm that guy. But I think there's a lot of tech fans that, that have uh, gotten to that point you know and you know I don't like being that way. But you know you just finally get to a point where it's like okay you know I'm cautiously optimistic. But you know go out and win some games and we'll we'll see how it is. Um, but uh, I think they should win tonight though. I yes. really do. I, I definitely think and I think Shuck at quarterback. Uh, definitely is a difference maker for Tech. And then the depth on, like, defense. I mean, you just see better talent out there overall. But it's t- today's where you start getting a sense of does that talent, you know, it, it by is it is it do we measure it by Tech standards of the past few years 
that they're better, or are they truly better than other teams? You know, and so that's what's fun about the, the game starting. Our special guest today, former Texas Tech uh, Red Raider Keenan Ward, joining us today. And, man, you've been there. You've been on the field. You were a Red Raider, and you've seen it all, and you know football. What it, as far as a rock and reality check, what are you feeling about this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, like Pete and Jared said, today is a must win, yeah. right? I mean, we've got the depth for once. It's, I mean, we've never had this type of depth. I mean, since I've since I've been a part of Tech, mm-hmm. so I mean, if Shuck is as advertised and our defense is as deep as we think it is, we should handle Houston. I mean, if we want to achieve the goals that we've been talking about, like like Wells and Cumbie are talking about, we have to come out today and handle Houston. I mean, there's really no way around it. Um, like Pete said, if we lose a day, man, it's just going to be hard to get that fan base back. Yeah. So we have to go out there and make a statement. And, I mean, as deep as we are, as talented as we are, as much as as much as we've upgraded, you know, the offense and the defense and just our whole team, you know, from top to bottom, I don't, I don't see us having any trouble today. So, you know, as, as a guy who, you know, played for Tech and, and uh, you know, you see this team this year and what you've seen of them so far, I mean, can you really look at them based on, like, your experience with Tech and then you look at this team, I mean, can you see a difference? I mean, without a, a record of, you know, the, the season has to unfold, right. but when you look at it, do you think, you look at it and go, wow, this is clearly uh, an upgrade of what we've been for the last few years? Yeah, absolutely. I think what I notice is, uh, uh, just uh, the defense being more comfortable. You know, this is the third season they've had with Patterson. And that's one thing that I, I never had none of the, the guys I played with had. I feel like every spring we're going into it, trying to learn a new defense, taking new classes, like everything was new. Come the new year, new defense, new everything. And uh, you can ask any of those guys, some of the, you know, the Ricos, the, the schoolers, the guys that we've had, ask them how much com- more comfortable they are going into year three with the same defense. How hard is that, you know, as a fan perspective, you know, you, you hear things like, eh, they got a new coach again this year, the guy's got to learn. And sometimes you sit there, and it's easy to sit there from your recliner going, how hard is it? You've been playing yeah. football since you were a kid. I mean, get out there and play defense. Yeah. How hard is that really, though, to have that a, diff- a different defensive coordinator every year or something? Oh, it, I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so much harder than, than we could ever sit back and just think like oh that's that's nothing but it, it's actually really really tough i mean you're playing in the big 12 you're going 80 plays everything's so fast and the last thing you need is just another defense so to where you just don't feel comfortable you can't relay relay adjustments to your to you know to your teammates and it's just it's just so much harder when you just you have to think about what you're doing yeah right? exactly you can react instead of having to think about exactly it. that's Go the big play thing. fast right you know the first thing that really stood out to me when i went out there in the spring was how much bigger they are Oh my God! Receiver, oh my DB. God. I mean, I mean the new DBs they brought in—they're all like, they're they're grown up, they're grown men. I know it's a cliche, but they are. You know, I mean, look at a guy like Marquise Waters. He looks like an NFL defensive back. You know, he's built like that. Malik Dunlap, six four, two hundred fifteen pounds. I mean, that's that's crazy. It's been I mean, a long it really time is. since Tech had. And then had you throw those in those linebackers, around. like Keenan was saying. I mean, those guys are all experienced guys we know can play football. It's not guys they brought in like we hope or we think this guy's going to fit in the system it's we know these guys can fit in the system that we've been running for years so that's a big difference i mean and then you look at even the offensive line i think uh, somebody correct sean correct me if i'm wrong because my math is always scary but uh i think they're on average tech's offensive line outweighs houston's starting defensive line uh or is bigger than them by three inches and almost 40 pounds wow I mean, they should be able to push them around. I mean, that yeah. matters, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it's that simple, you know. Um, they are quick, though. Houston has a quick, you know, front six or seven, so and they're experienced. But come on, 
You know, I mean, these guys should be able to do some things tonight. We bring up uh, Houston's experience, and Coach Matt Wells uh, addressed that earlier this week with the Rockin' pregame about Houston's experience. Well, I do think they have experience. They've got older guys that have played in games. They've got a returning quarterback that started, I think, just just a little bit less than 20 games, almost a 20-game starter. So I, I know that that's certainly a strength for them. I think those two corners are legit. They're really good players. And I think the punt returner's one of the best in the nation. And he's proven that. They've got a strong D-line. You know, they've got weapons. They've got skill that when they get the ball in their hand, they're dangerous. And they're a good team. They, they really are. That was uh, Matt Wells on uh, his thoughts on Houston's experience heading into today's kickoff at 6 with Houston. And then uh, Dana Holgerson, obviously no stranger to Texas Tech fans, head coach of the Houston Cougars. He also shared his thoughts with us about today's game. Um, you know, I think we have eight starters coming back. Um, you know, but like I said, a couple of those guys won't start just because of, I don't even know if we, have we put out a depth chart? Yes, sir. We have? Do you think it's accurate? No, <laughs> I just found I just got Texas Tech stuff chart too. I don't I doubt that thing's accurate either. You know, it's 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 game one stuff, right? So I mean we're gonna we're gonna hold uh, some of our secrets as tight as we can. They're gonna hold some of their secrets as tight as they can. Uh, it becomes a little bit of a guessing game. That doesn't matter who you're playing game one, but then you throw you know a, a, a Texas school in there, you know, a Big 12 Texas school in there. We're obviously going to be juiced and excited about it. You know, I view both these programs as kind of in the same spot, you know, just as far as, you know, Coach Wells is going into his third year, we're going into our third year. Um, haven't had as much success as either program is used to having. Uh, so there'll be a ton of excitement for this. Uh, players will be excited. A lot of our guys know their guys. A lot of their guys know our guys. I just hope that our our veteran presence with the guy, amount of guys that we've had that have played that many snaps will we'll be able to will be able to handle the situation so to speak all right well it's an exciting day kickoff coming up at six o'clock and we've got a lot to come here on the rock and pregame today we've got uh, s- certainly some uh, recruiting updates and lots of stuff coming up about today's game break down the offense and the defense and what we expect tonight from both sides and uh, also our special guest, former Red Raider Keenan Ward, uh, will uh, continue to hang out with us a little bit, talking about Texas Tech defense and what he's been doing since he graduated and what he's excited about this year. And that is coming up when we return on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 this year. It's the Cotton Court Hotel, Big 12 scoreboard. Checking the Big 12 scores right now. West Virginia on the road at Maryland. They lead 21-17 late in the second quarter. Iowa State trailing Northern Iowa at home, 7-3. That's early they in the second quarter. Right, they yeah. always Isn't start slow. Isn't that true? Yeah. Why? Texas uh, ranked number 23, taking on number or 21, taking on number 23, Louisiana. Texas leads 7-3 early in the second quarter. Game's already done. Uh, Friday night, Kansas got their first win of the season, uh. beat South Dakota 17-14. Kansas State looked impressive today. They beat Stanford 24-7. Oklahoma, Jeff, held on. Beat Tulane forty to thirty-five. You got any thoughts on that one? You know what, my my daughter's going to OU now, and uh, and so you know I'm I'm heavily invested to literally in OU now. Yeah, <laughs> was my, she a lot of my Did money. She, she actually came home this weekend for for Labor Day, so oh. she's for Labor Day weekend, so she's not even there. But yeah, that was uh, I think that was a dose of reality for OU. I think all these lofty expectations. Their offensive line got pushed around. Rattler looked. Uh, 
you know, did Rattles. not look like the he did not look the Heisman guy. And the OU defense was uh, not, a lot of hype on how good, good they are too, and they look terrible. They're especially their secondary. Got I actually eye. thought their defensive line got pushed around. They were able to run the Which ball. Which is really surprising because yeah, yeah. that looked like their absolute strength. So, yeah, it was not uh, not not a good day for Oklahoma, I didn't think. so. And upcoming games, of course, Texas Tech taking on Houston, 6 o'clock in the Texas kickoff at NRG Stadium. Oklahoma State hosting Missouri State at 6 o'clock. Baylor is at Texas State at 6. And then I, I did a double check. I couldn't believe they were playing them, but then I realized who Tech's playing the next two weeks. TCU <laughs> favored by 42 at home over Duquesne. Oh, wow. I didn't even know they had a football team. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, we're watching, uh, I guess, Texas Yeah, playing Louisiana. I think it's interesting how the, the Texas PR machine over the last week has really gone into overdrive because all these weeks leading up to it, they had the battle for quarterback where it looked like both of the quarterbacks, neither one of them was good enough to really win the job, and all you heard was how it was just how disappointing it was. And once they decided to make that Hudson card, the, they got now all you read is how amazing he is, how incredible, and how now he's a Heisman wow, candidate. He's, right? yeah, he's a Heisman candidate. He's incredible. He's amazing. That's and like it just in the recruiting game up, when Texas, like, so if Texas offers a guy, all of a sudden he gets that Texas bump. I'm yeah. like, mm-hmm. he didn't have that rating before. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so people, that's why when people go, oh, they don't develop. I'm like, well, a lot of these guys are overrated. Now, don't get me wrong; they get guys that are really highly rated, right. and they were. But there are there's a whole level, a layer of recruits they they've had that were. You know, a same level that Tech was going after, right. and then they got a bump after yeah. they got offered by Tech by Texas. You know, so they go from a three to a four star guy. Exactly. Just to, yeah. That's that's, yeah. that's just a real thing. You know. Oh man. All right. Well, uh, Texas Tech opening the season against Houston, six o'clock tonight down in Houston at Energy Stadium. Our uh, special guests uh, today, former Red Raider Keenan Ward, stopping by to uh, talk. I mean, if there's somebody who knows Texas Tech defense, a guy who played on the Texas Tech defense, certainly. And we, in our last segment, you know, you're just kind of giving your thoughts about, uh, you know, just the the defense. For anybody who's uh, just joining us here on the show, uh, just what you've seen so far uh, with Tech's defense. I mean, just scrimmages and things, what yeah. you've heard and all. What you know, what what are your impressions as we're uh, under two hours till kickoff here? Yeah, I think what you'll notice today is uh the rotation as we've been talking about we've we're deeper than we've ever been on the defensive side uh i just remember me playing i after the game ended i'll, I'll look back on the on the stat sheet and i'm like wow i went 85 plays i had no help out there and then it, it shows like i didn't feel tired but the film shows that i was tired and i was gassed right and i mean you'll see like we'll have i mean we have two or three safeties that can just rotate every three or four plays so the usage on these guys is going to be very light and Everybody's going to be fresh, and I think you'll notice just how, how much faster it looks because everybody's kind of in a rotation, which is just going to be super beneficial yeah. for everybody. That helps in the fourth quarter of the game, but it helps in the second half of the season too, right? Absolutely. I mean, having that depth. I mean, that's what separates the haves and the have-nots is what he's talking about yeah. is that rotation. That's you know the difference. I mean? It is. And that's where you see a lot of these, especially these early season games, you know, against teams open against lesser opponents and everything. And a lot of times those teams will come out and those, uh, you know, the, the underdog will come out and look great for the first couple of series. And then once the adrenaline wears off and then you start seeing that, that depth, you know, really make the difference, uh, especially, like I said, in the second half. So, yeah. Anybody who's ever played football at any level knows that first game, a lot of times you're spinning at halftime because you have so much emotion. You're like, all of a sudden you have dead leg. You're like, man, I, I, I'm in good shape. You know, I ran all those sprints. I did. You know, was out. I went through two days and all that. But it doesn't matter. All that emotion of the first game getting so high that, like he's talking about, if you're playing 85 snaps, that's. Yeah. I mean, you just. It doesn't matter how tough you are and how 
good a shape you're in, you're going to have dead leg. You're just not going to be as fast as you want to be, as quick as you want to be. So, you know, it just that's an interesting point, though, too. Like, when you were playing, I mean, you know, and Tech didn't have that depth and everything, you know, and, and you always, everybody always talks a good game, you know, and confidence and all those things, but, yeah. I mean, did, I mean, you know, you, what 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 were you thinking back then? I mean, knowing you're going to go out there and play 85 snaps or something, I mean, it's hard to just be confident probably, really. Like you can say, oh, yeah, very confident, but in your heart, what was that like, you know? Yeah, it's tough going in every game knowing, you know, TC's about to throw the ball 65 times. Like, I got to let up on some plays. I have to because yeah. there's nobody behind me who can come in and, and replace me. I have to be out here. So it, it, it sucks having that, that thought, that cloud in the back of your mind, like, man, I just can't give it my all every play. I can't because yeah. I can't come out. I have to stick it out. And the way we score, I'm going to be back out right. here in about two or three say, minutes. Hey, Pat, yeah. slow yeah. down. You know, you know? How about a nice 10-yard or 10-play drive here yeah. instead of, like, two? <laughs> you yeah, know? Right. and it was just hard trying to find that balance. We scored points, but our defense was just gassed. and could never catch back up yeah. and just couldn't sub. We could not sub out anybody, Yeah. whether yeah. they weren't as talented or they didn't know the defense because – Heck, the starters barely knew the defense, right? So yeah. because there's changing every year, it was yeah. brand new. Yeah. So it, it was tough, and it was just hard to click. And I think that's what we saw. The talent was always there, but I think now going into year three with Patterson, you're going to see that confidence within the starters, and you're going to see that rotation, that depth, really, really change some games. Even some of the guys like uh, Malik Dunlap, you know, he's a transfer, but uh, they were in the same system at Maryland that Coach Patterson runs here. So he was telling yeah. me so. I was like same calls, almost the exact same verbiage, like everything. So, and I think we noticed that. I mean, he came in, he got here really late in the fall, and next thing you know, he's on, he's going with the ones. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, he's six three, two twenty, but right. obviously, he was smart enough to just hop in and just keep it rolling. That's What's the impressive. hardest part? Is it the the terminology, or like the different calls for the? I mean, because you know, basically, you're doing a lot of the same things no matter where you're playing. Yeah. But are they all have different names or different calls and everything? Yeah. And what what's the hardest part about picking up something from a new defensive coordinator? I think at safety is kind of at safety. You're the quarterback of the of the defense. You have to know everything. Mm-hmm. You have to know where your your Mike linebacker is going to fit because you fit off of him, and your corner's asking you what to do. So I guess it's more. Hectic, you'd say, as a safety, just because you're you're answering all the questions for everybody, yeah. and uh, just having that being brand new and just barely getting to a playbook in the fall, it's just hard to to be able to communicate that with everybody and then remember your own job and just go full speed. I think like people that. just don't really, you know, people are just casual watchers of football and yeah. stuff. You know, if you've never been out there playing that, and or you know, you sit there in the stands, you watch that, and and you don't really understand the intricacies. Of how difficult that really is. You just think guys are out there and I tackle somebody. I mean, yeah. you know that kind of thing. But there's so much that goes into well, it. Well, in know? the era yeah. you were in, like you said, with a different defensive coordinator at safety, your keys were different. Like every year, right? It was exactly. completely different. So, yeah. your natural reaction one year would be wrong the next year, right? Exactly. I mean, so yeah. and every defensive coordinator, DBs, coaches, they're, they're all about technique, and they all have their own technique, and they're they think we should do something else, something different. So. Mm-hmm. I get comfortable doing something, and the next year it's wrong. I've been doing it wrong, and it's just hard just to yeah. put that all together, knowing that you're about to go 80 plays, and it's hurry up in the Big 12. And it, I mean, it can get kind of crazy mentally, you know. So, like I said, year three, I mean, they should be seamless at this point. Yeah. Man, I get to cover all the high schools around here, and only twice in the last 17 years have I been at a game, and I said, "Man, that's a man playing among boys." <laughs> 
and Keenan Ward is one of them playing for Snyder. And the other was Jamar Wall, especially when they played friendship. And he was sick one night and just dominated. But Keenan was the man at Snyder. And uh, then you come and play for Tech. What, what memory sticks out for you uh, playing for the Red Raiders, that uh, man that you still cherish today? I think it was, it was the transition for me. You know, you, you remember me. Running the ball, throwing right. the ball, being a, being a quarterback, a true right. quarterback, right? I know I'm 5'10", but believe it or not, I was pretty good in high school. Yeah, sure was. Uh, committed to Tech to play slot receiver. Uh, Coach Cummings from Snyder. So as soon as he, I mean, he was, he showed support from day one, you know, the Snyder connection. And getting to Tech and getting tossed the news that I was going to be switching positions, you know, I mean, that just that threw me a lot of ways. And I decided to stay and stuck it out and ended up starting a safety for four years. And that's kind of, just looking back, that's kind of, what molded me today and that's just what I I mean that just defines my character really just I could have transferred I could I could have left and played receiver somewhere else but stuck it out with my boys and, and played safety and did a pretty good job so. did they give you how long did they did they wait to, to switch you was it like immediate like you get on campus and wait in they're like alright you're playing safety or or did you actually get a chance to, to play some receiver no yeah I was day one I believe wow. right after physicals wow yeah so they don't tell you that when you were yeah. being nah. recruited and everything it's yeah. like oh you're the you're yeah. the next big receiver, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, people talk trash about the new transfer portal and all these guys leaving and all oh, their cowards are, you know. But I understand because uh, the coaches, their job is to get you there, right? And then once you're there, then it's not it's not all you know it's not all roses on the other side. So right, yeah. I understand like people having to leave for other certain and reasons. Philosophically, I mean, I think everybody can understand, right? I, Coaches leave. They'll tell you they'll have this mantra of you know row the boat or whatever. Every every man for themselves to the hold three musketeer kind of thing. And then they're like, well, I got a you know job paying me more. I'm out of here. But you know, I mean, so which I don't begrudge them for that. They're right. not at all they're trying to better their family. But that's why. I, yeah, I, I'm always confused when, when people are, have that kind of mentality like you're talking about yeah. with the transfer portal. You know, you know, it's interesting though now is with all the the name, image, and likeness, and all the things we've now. You know, we've entered into that world into college football, and it almost seems like it's like a a minor league, professional league. Yeah. I mean, so so I mean, I've, I've heard people say, well, if it's going to be that way now, and if coaches get to leave and all that, and that's great, and you know, that's that's capitalism and all. Mm -hmm. But if players now are going to be able to reap some benefits of these things monetarily. Should they just be able to keep just transferring, or should it be a contractual thing? I mean, you know, you sign a two-year contract to play college football now, and and if you want to transfer, now you're in a position where should you have to buy it out just like a coach has to? I mean, I, I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just it's interesting I because mean, we are in a world now where players are able to financially, you know, I'm not say it's wrong or right. I'm just I'm just wondering is there something idea. about it's that? It's a good you know? conversation, right? I mean, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean yeah. because. College football has been a farm league for the NFL. I mean, it's been set up for the, like that um, before right. I was around you know, for decades and decades. So, right. but I, I've always said, really, if your NFL was more pure to me, because at least they're honest about it being a business. Right. You know what I mean? There's no illusion. Yeah. College, college football always tried was to under the table and all that. And all, you know, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm glad. To me, I'm just glad it, it's different. So it feels weird for everyone, but I am glad that I guess it's a little more honest now. Right. Yeah. I feel like right. in terms of a contract though that's taking it to a whole other level right i yeah. mean because i guess you do have a contract if you sign your letter of letter of intent I mean, that has a contract in a, in a way but, but you, you can still just transfer, you can transfer <laughs> once without right, right yeah. that's i'm glad it's just once yeah, yeah. the only thing i have a problem with is in conference transfers right. i don't know about y'all but like I, not grad transfers cause i understand that but i right. i feel like if you could transfer without penalty from texas to oklahoma and i'm just kind of like what are we even talking about you know or 
Tech to uh, TCU. That just seems wrong, right? You're right, yeah. Grad transfers yeah. are different. I get it. You know, yeah. I mean, you've earned it. But in conference, before you graduated, I don't know. That's the only thing where I, I wish there was more restrictions. I so, think it's wrong for coaches to do that, too. Yeah. What about St. Company? He did it. <laughs> he Except, he's going back and forth. <laughs> Except for that one. Except yeah. when he goes, you know whatever, what? Whatever Except that guy's name was, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I remember I was talking about this. He was here first. Somebody was asking me, is he going to be in the booth or on the field? You know, so he's going to be in the booth. And I said, actually, I remember when he was with TCU in the booth yeah. in 2015, that tipped pass in the back of the end zone. Oh, yeah. Oh, and was, uh, rough. him, oh, and he I, still, like, it hurts a little bit, right? You right. Know, uh, but I remember him running through the press box with his arms raised up over his head screaming. Do, do you remember that? Were you there? He was, like, like screaming like Will uh, <laughs> William Wallace, like a battle cry, <laughs> sprinting through. Yeah, he was, you know, I was like, oh, and him seeing him in the TCU gear. So it is weird, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, Keenan, what do you yeah. think about Sonny Cumbie coming back and, and leading the offense? Man, that's... I love it. I love it. I'm a big, I'm a big Sunny Cummy guy. Um, obviously, his schemes are are some of the best. Super smart, super brilliant when it comes to passing trees and schemes and just getting people open. And uh, I'm super excited. I feel like it it does add a little pressure to to Coach Wells. Everybody loves Coach Cumby around here. He's a true Red Raider. He wants to be here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's just good good competition in the staff for sure. And I know he's glad to be back. So, so Keenan Ward with us uh, today on the Rockin' pregame. We're talking about that uh, name, image, likeness thing, and, and you didn't have that benefit when you were playing. But if if that would have come along when you were playing, what 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 would you have thought? Man, I I tell you what question. I'd like to what I'd like to do or what I'd like to endorse or yeah. Know, what, what what would you want yeah. to do? That I think it would have been great for me just because I'm from right down the road and I'm just a big local West Texas guy. I would have went out after you know Cap Rock. Orlando's. I would have went after all the mom and pops, local, locally yeah. owned restaurants. No big deals, you know, but like just getting my face through all the small mom and pop businesses in West Texas, I think that's what I would have went after. Hey, Keenan, why don't you tell everybody what you're doing now? I mean, you had great work ethic in high school and in college, and you've parlayed that now into the professional world. Yeah, yeah, def definitely. I got into real estate at the beginning of the year. Um, I just felt like I wasn't reaching out to enough people. In, in my in my scope of work and I just really wanted to give back to Lubbock and West Texas what it's given to me and so real estate was just kind of the, the answer for me and uh, it's, been, it's been really great uh, if you are you, you know someone looking to buy or sell or invest uh, and you're looking for a, a Red Raider agent I'm definitely your guy uh, I'll work hard for you give you some of that Red Raider loving and uh, definitely I got into real estate to build relationships not just do transactions, but actually build relationships, and uh, it's been paying off for me for sure. Awesome. Awesome, man. That's uh, former Red Raider Keenan Ward dropping by the Rockin' pregame today. When we come back here, uh, we'll talk some Texas Tech offense as we're uh, less than, uh, what are we, what time is it, man? We're just uh, hour an hour, yeah, less than an hour and a half wow. away from uh, kickoff for Texas Tech's uh, first game of this season against Houston tonight. So more to come here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' pregame on 101.1 The Beer. The Rockin' Pregame returns on 101.1 The Beer. The Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. Starring News Channel 11's Pete Christie. Inside the Red Raiders publisher, Jarrett Johnson. The Beer Sports Director, Sean Dillon. And host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. Time to look at the Texas Tech offense. All right, here we go, man. It is. It's what an exciting day today. I love college football. I really and and I know we had some games last weekend 
but it felt like sort of like just sticking your toe into the water, going, yeah, you know, maybe. Yeah. But this weekend, it really feels. I mean, we're we're here finally. A lot we're of here. good games today. Yeah, there really is, and uh, man, just one of the. To me, this is one of the most exciting uh, days of the entire calendar year right here yep. so at texas tech getting ready to open the season against houston there's a lot of uh, a lot of optimism there's a lot of high hopes there's a lot of you know you got up that end of the spectrum then you got some people like myself who you sit there and you go i think there's some some good positive things here but you know what let's let's see what happens but i've got some trepidation quiet, well yeah. i guess some trepidation yeah. i mean just because you know you, you get burned over the years you get to where you, you don't want to get you know all in but i do think there's a chance that some good things could happen this year we had some seasons though like when you think about like when they opened against Ole miss like that's I what mean, i was thinking i was of. like they're not going to win that game look at the right. quarterback situation you know i yeah. mean i think if we really want to boil it down we're about to talk offense a lot of the optimism surrounds the addition of tyler shuck yes right don't yeah. get me wrong what Keenan just said about the defense, I 100% agree with. I mean, that's a big part of it. But if you don't upgrade the quarterback room, if we're talking about between Columbia, a young Donovan Smith, or a young Baron Morton, we're not as op- optimistic as, right. as we are sitting right. here with, with Tyler Shuck, 6'5", yeah. 225, started every game for Oregon last year. Now, there was some drama with his offensive coordinator, but, I mean, he was the most efficient uh, quarterback in the Pac-12. He completed 65% of his passes, threw almost twice as many touchdowns, as, or he did, twice as many touchdowns as interceptions, um, led them to a Pac-12 title. And he he's only started seven games, but this guy was a four-star recruit, um, big dude, big arm, best arm we've seen around here since a guy named Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so, I, really, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. In, I mean, come on. It, it is quarterback. That's what this game is all about. It's been all the rules have been changed, basically, to make it where quarterback is what it's all about. Houston head coach Dana Holgerson shared his thoughts on Texas Tech uh, new quarterback Tyler Shuck. He's big, you know, got a big arm. Um, you know, starting quarterback in the Pac-12 for Oregon that takes his team to the Fiesta Bowl. He's probably got, you know, quite a bit of ability. So, um I don't, you know, it didn't do me any good to go watch any Oregon film from 2020. I, it's not what that's about. But he comes in and beats out uh, the guy that, the Utah State guy that they have a tremendous amount of respect for. And, and the kid has a bunch of ability. He's played a lot of ball for Coach Wells. So if he goes in and beats somebody, he's probably a pretty good player. You know, you know, just knowing with Sonny's, you know, Sonny's, he's an air raid guy. I mean, we, we, we both are. Sonny's probably going to line up those receivers and, He's got big old linemen that are going to be able to pass protect, probably going to throw that thing all around. One of the uh, keys uh, for sure, I mean, no matter how great a quarterback you are, if you don't have an offensive line, it, sometimes it doesn't matter. I mean, you can, you can have the most talent of, of anybody, but uh, that'll be a key for uh, Texas Tech is if the O-line can rise to the occasion. Coach Wells talked to us a little bit about uh, Tech's O-line. It'll be a good matchup. You know, I think that's certainly, Jarrett, one of the keys to the game is is protecting the quarterback on both sides of the ball. You know, as as we all know in openers, those QBs are getting hit for the first time in nine months. And so I think protection of the quarterback is key for both teams. All right, there you go. So uh, what are you guys feeling about uh, Tech's offensive line here heading into the, into the season overall? Because it seemed like that was going to be – if you're looking around at things that could be possible weaknesses for Texas Tech after you know like losing Jack Anderson and you know there was a lot of a lot of question marks. So how optimistic are you? Well, I'm looking at Stormont, Wright, Deaton, Berger, 
and who am I missing? Caleb. Ka- yeah. Caleb, Caleb Rogers. I mean, I feel good for him. I mean, yeah. but you know, I, when I went out, to, I went out to some of the early practices, and Columbia was more in tune with the guys because he had, you know, the the relationship with right. them, and it was it was uh, you know Shuck trying to get in. So I know he's had more time now, but that's I'd like to see today you know a cohesive unit and you know you can tell a lot from a first impression you can i mean i always think back to whatever year it was when they played that central arkansas and they barely won by seven yeah, yeah. and then they were garbage i mean no, you're going to learn right. a lot today and if they can't get it done today i, I mean kansas state's already looking fantastic but you know they're going to be opportunities you got to do good today and they got to start strong today i think that's a great point i think you made a couple of really good points actually really yeah i really do uh that first impression i kind of go back and forth because you know i think on one hand you could you can go too far and right. saying like okay let's not say that this team's going to be great because they had a great performance and vice versa terrible but like that 2014 season is a really great example because yeah. they barely beat that central arkansas yep. team and i remember looking at uh, my senior writer, uh, Monty Joe, and go, uh-oh. Like, we got to go out to and El Paso. even last year, Houston Baptist. Houston Baptist, yes. Now, that is kind of an outlier because of all the COVID stuff. Right, but, that's but true. You're right. And then I think the starting five I like. Now, in spring, it was pretty scary. I don't. I remember Sean and I, our producer, I looked at him and I said, man, this offensive line, this could sink the season because they were just flat out getting whipped by Tech's defensive line like, like silly. And I reported that. And um, – you know, don't get me wrong, Tech's defensive line, they're pretty good, all that. But it shouldn't be whipping an offensive line that much to start an offensive line. Then the spring came, or then the fall camp came around, and a big difference was that Dawson Deaton wasn't in those contact drills. And mm-hmm. it's not just that he's a good player. He's, he's the center, the, the, the leader, the anchor of that offense, calling out everything. I mean, it's a huge difference. Stormit, what an upgrade at tackle. He is... He's an all Big 12 type player. I, mean, I, I challenge anybody to go out and watch him in practice and not be impressed by him. Six seven, three twenty, can move. And yeah, he's okay, right? Health wise, I mean, because he oh, was yeah. a little no, beat no, up. He, maybe it was. No, nah, he's he's. Been, I haven't seen because like in the I, scrimmage. I mean, he he came out. Was oh, that, he didn't play in the scrimmage, okay. but that was just because like they know what they have. Him. Right. We don't okay. want. All right. If if he gets like because that takes me to my next point. I'll I'll get to. I'm trying to get to it. Uh, what are you saying? I'm interrupting. No, you I'm saying that? I'm babbling on. I'm babbling on because I've thought so much about this offensive line because I do think it's key. Uh, but Stormin is great. They just didn't want to get hurt. Uh, I, the guards have played better with Deaton coming back. Caleb Rogers has made a huge leap from spring uh, to fall. Those guys can't get hurt though, especially yeah. a tackle. I mean, we talked about the depth. Like when Keenan uh, Ward was on earlier, talking about the depth on defense. They do have like two or three deep at certain positions, which is unheard of at Texas Tech. So if a guy goes down, it truly can be a next man up. If they lose a tackle, one tackle, then you go to Ethan Card. And we saw him in the scrimmage. I mean, he was overwhelmed. I, yeah. I think he has potential. I just don't think he's – and maybe even later in the season, you know. But I don't think he's ready to be your starting left tackle. I just – I don't, you know. And we saw that last year. So I, they have a couple of backup guys on the interior that if somebody goes down, okay. Like if Berger goes down or if Western Wright goes down, they can plug in a Landon Peterson or uh, a Clayton Franks, and I feel like they'll be okay. But if they lose a tackle – all of a sudden, you better, like all the plays are going to change. They're not going right. to be able to take those those deep shots. They're going to have to do short, quick strike things, screens, all, like all kinds of things are going to change about your scheme if they lose one of those tackles. So, all right. So the front line, offensive line talent, you feel really good about, yeah. but depth is, is maybe the question there. 
As far as uh, you know, I guess I could have just said that. So everything I said. <laughs> no, that was that. No, but uh, no, 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 I felt like I was listening to a, a lecture from a professor, uh, and 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 I I took my notes and I just I just I gave my answer for the test and I passed. That's, that's I, I'm that excited was. about this game tonight, so I, I get you know I, I can I can carry on a little bit. So um, now with uh, Tyler Shuck at the helm tonight, and uh, get our first really you know great look at him tonight. Uh, as far as the weapons he has at his yes. disposal, I mean you got a deep running back room. You've got maybe the best receiving core Tech has had in uh, a number of years, arguably. I mean, what to, what do you feel the best about tonight? Uh, e Z, yes, back from a broken Stood. arm and, and looking good. He looks great. I mean, he looks like an NFL and, receiver. I mean, he does. What about the addition of Geiger? I like him, yeah. But I tell you, who I'm really excited about is Mason Tharp. Well, me too. I man. mean, I, that guy, yeah. I, I think he's, if not the first, I, I mean, I, Koontz will probably start because Koontz has done everything right. I mean, he's talented in his own right. But there's a difference between six nine and six five. He's six nine. He looks huge out there. He is. And, and I'm telling you, the thing that just stunned me. I mean, I it was jaw dropping to me was how he moves and how athletic yes. and how I mean. I don't know if fast is the right word, but for someone of that size to see him streaking across the field, I mean, it really, that right there of that scrimmage, that was the thing that just made me go, wow, this guy, this, this guy's legit. I mean, he has a chance to be a big-time player, Star. I think. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, it was I, unreal. All Big 12, yeah. maybe even All-American down the line. Not yeah. this year, I'm not saying that. Right, yeah. But, I mean, he's, like you said, he's legitimately 6'9". 255 pounds and runs away from defenders. Yeah, and that one-hand catch and when he went catch. up, yep. I mean, that was super athletic. I mean, to go up and catch that like that, man, I was like, wow, I'm <laughs> I'm sold. I, You know, I was excited about him coming in to, like, spring and everything. Then I saw him in spring, and I was like, all right, dang, this guy can play. But is he going to be able to block, you know? <laughs> and then he shows up in fall camp, and he's put on 20 pounds of weight. I don't know how they put that kind of weight on him. And that was my one of my first questions for Coach Wells was, how is – Tharp as the end of the line blocker because they're going to need him. It's not like it was under Coach Yost, but they're still going to move him around and he's mm-hmm. going to need to block it sometimes. You know, right. just that's just part of the scheme. And you know what? He was holding up yeah. in those in those uh, run holes. Well, he's definitely he, got the size to he, yeah. I mean, he do was, it. Yeah. Even Coach Wells said, as an 18 year old, one on one with you know grown men defensive lineman, he at least can tie, which is yeah. know, what we're asking for from the yeah. tight end. You know. Well, watching watching him play, I mean, I was really I was sitting there watching, thinking, man, I, I I'm surprised that Tech was able to land him. I yeah. mean, you know that just, oh, but yeah. that's a great recruiting win uh, for Coach Wells and his staff. I mean, it really was. I, that was that's very impressive. And I'm anxious to see him. Today. He's not making the initial splash, but Jed Castles is a guy to follow away to another tight end. Mm-hmm. He's six six, legitimate six six, and he's a basketball player and athletic and all that. So, I mean, he's not six nine, but the dude's big and he can go up and get it. So, and that is really. I mean, that's a common theme, right? Yeah. Look at Duran Bradley, 6'5". And I like, they're doing what Coach, the name who cannot be said, must not be said, <laughs> the former basketball coach would do a lot, was they'd list guys shorter than what they really are on the roster. I don't know, I don't, I don't honestly have no idea what the theory is behind doing that. Uh, but they would. They'd tell me, like, we measure him, he was 6'5", and then, well, why is he 6'3 on the roster? He's like, uh, uh, okay, okay, whatever. He's short. Uh, so, like, you know, Malik, uh, Dunlap, who we were talking about the cornerback, he was 6'4 at NC State. Now he's 6'3. <laughs> uh, the, uh, Rayshad Williams was 6'3 at UCLA. Now he's 6'2 here at Tech. 
So like, what's going on here? You know, what strength and conditioning programs doing some crazy <laughs> things, shrinking. man? They're getting bigger, they're getting wider, the, but they're the shrinking, yeah. shrinking conditioning. So I think they do that. I don't know why they do that, but uh, they're intentional. Like Duran Bradley's six six, but they list him at six five. I even saw something at six four. I was like, okay, this dude is he? T- I'm six four, and he looks down at me like I'm his kid. You know, so I, no, that's your shrinking too. Yeah, yeah, well, I might be actually. But. Oh, no, right. they're really tall. They, they're really big, and I, he has a lot of weapons to get. Those. I mean, McLean Mannix. Uh, oh yes. Trey Cleveland. I mean, there's so many guys. I just want to see Shuck be accurate and get it done today. Miles Price. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're I mean, he, he had a good play in the in the scrimmage. They could. They would say the coaches would tell you that the inside receiver position it may have performed better than any other position group in all fall camp. Wow. Because don't forget about Dalton Rigdon too. Right. Yeah, there's a lot to get excited about here, and we're uh, just a little over an hour from kickoff here. When we come back here, we're going to talk Texas Tech defense, maybe the uh, deepest defense uh, that Tech has had in in a long time. I think you definitely uh, argue that case for sure. But uh, that's up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1. The Time to look at the Texas Tech defense. All right, so uh, Texas Tech getting set to play Houston tonight, first game of the uh, of the new season, and this is uh, you know leading up to kickoff. Man, this is the most optimistic time of the year, probably right here. We're <laughs> sitting here, it's uh, you know just excited about uh, seeing the team really out there uh, for the first time, and uh, a lot of big expectations, and especially on defense. Uh, you know the the depth that uh, Tech has built on defense is better, arguably than than. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's been yeah. a long time since Tech probably had this much depth. Uh, the upgrades they've made with uh, in the secondary with uh, transfers. Uh, they got guys with you know with real experience that are coming in and playing. And uh, you you've got to think that they're they're going to be better. So I think there's there's a lot of uh, high hopes for uh, Texas Tech defense. Absolutely. You know they're wearing the black helmet. White jersey, black pants. And I don't know about y'all, but I feel like the defense plays better when they're in the black helmets. The more black, the better. You know, it's like <laughs> right, the, yeah. the the you know I like the coach Wells, and we'll probably see that the next two games. The all black, of course, you can't if you're the road team. They look more intimidating, you know, with the they more do, black right? you have I just on. Yeah, like they do. I it is, yeah. I don't know, but no. I uh, you mentioned the secondary. I, Marquise Waters and Reggie Pearson are two guys that have been studs in other Power Five conferences. You know, I mean, Marquise Waters is one of the best. DBs in the ACC. He's a very versatile player. He's good in coverage. I mean, he can. He came from Duke, right? He came from Duke. Yes, they could have used him. It looked like. <laughs> yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, Reggie Pearson is just such an unusual story because, so as a redshirt freshman, he started 13 games, over 60 tackles, couple forced fumbles. Was known like he was one of their enforcers. Like the other teams always had to know where he was because he was going to light them up. You know, yeah. he's just a thumper. And then. And so, I mean, that team was good. That Wisconsin team, I think they went to the Rose Bowl. And then he had a medical condition, undisclosed, which, you know, they didn't want public, um, which cost him his 2020 season. Wisconsin, their doctors wouldn't clear him. And then they wouldn't clear him again before the spring. And so he didn't want to transfer. They didn't want him to transfer. But he wanted to play. And he had an independent doctor that was clearing him. So he went to the transfer portal. And then as soon as Coach Patterson found out about it, uh, he called him and talked to him and said, look, I – if there's a chance that you could ever play again and you can play for us, I'm going to fight for you. So, uh, you know, I can't promise you anything other than I'm going to fight for you. And so they, you know, uh, he flipped his, I can't remember where he was committed, but he flipped his commitment and he came in and I was very skeptical, even though tech doctors had cleared him. 
Uh, but, man, he looks – I can't believe they have those two safeties back there. I can't remember them ever. I'm sure they did during the leech years at some point mm-hmm. and definitely before that. But uh, I can't remember in the last decade them having one of those guys. Man, right. like, like Jason Johnson, I loved him. Like, personally, mm-hmm. I, he was a great guy. He made some big plays, but he was always undersized. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. Uh, and he wasn't particularly fast. So, you know, but I can't remember them having two safeties with that experience that we know – can, can you know can, can play? Compete. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and I, and Reggie Pearson, I've seen him. I, he will come up and hit you. Marquise Waters is violent. So I, you know, yeah. You start from there, and then I mean the linebackers. I mean, Schooler and Jeffers, and I, I personally, I'm the only one who thinks this, but Christian Merriweather may be the best one out of all three of them. Wow. When I say that, people come on. I'm like, man, watch him play. Really go back and watch the game and watch him play. Yeah. Now he gets, he's a little too. Aggressive in terms of trying to stop the run, he'll get. He's they can't get him in in, in uh, play action. But like just over over overplaying. He's a little overzealous. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I that's something. If you know the coaches, you'll hear them say this. Like, oh, you know, you got to read your keys and not just bite so hard on the play action. But uh, sideline to sideline, he's right there. I mean, and in terms yeah. of physicality, when he gets to the to the ball carrier, so I just and then. He, Pete, you know, the defensive line, right? You know, I mean, break it down for us. We talked about them a lot, right? Yeah, well, first I want to mention Schooler. I mean, obviously everybody knows that one play at the line against Brewer, but, I mean, he had 63 tackles last year, three and a half sacks, and uh, I'm just glad he's back. And I know we got to talk to him at the media day, and uh, he really has settled in. You know, he got in here late and had to jump in, so now he's had the He's really tight with these guys, and uh, he said it means a lot to him to be a Red Raider, and uh, he really likes the fan base, and he hopes to really – feel what it's like coming out of the tunnel next week uh you know now that we're past covid so to speak you know he's trimmed down he looks faster and they he only played like one or two series in that pandemonium scrimmage and i think he was in on every play he was picked off uh shuck once and he was in on two or three other tackles schooler is just a stud i mean I, i can't believe they have those safeties those linebackers and then some experienced defense alignment. I mean, I like the. Go ahead. And you, I was say you talked last week about how Wells got through the transfer portal and got yeah. all these guys in from big programs, and and that's another one. I mean, he's done a great job, and they've upgraded across the board. And and you mentioned last week how you know Tech is one of the top teams in the transfer portal, and they, and they've done their due diligence getting the the right guys in here to upgrade, especially in spots that they need upgrading. Yeah, I mean. Going into the offseason, the holes were corner, safety, tack, left tackle, quarterback was the glaring one. Mm-hmm. And I can't look at the guys they got. Yeah. I mean, at those positions. They I mean, totally upgraded they totally all, all of upgraded them. Yeah. By every position, like way more than I could have imagined that they would have been able to in the portal. Some of that is the fact that the portal game has changed. There's mm-hmm. better talent in the portal now than there like in terms of. Uh, transfer players are better now than than mm-hmm. five years ago, and there wasn't even a transfer portal five years ago. But um, and then some of it's just that they are really good at recruiting transfer players. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta hand hand it to them for that. I mean, they really have addressed the needs and brought in guys. And it's not like they're bringing in guys from you know you know like Central Arkansas. Yeah, or this guy was really <laughs> dominating for New Mexico State or whatever. Right. They're bringing in guys from Duquesne. legitimate Power Five UCLA, programs. Yeah. Wisconsin. NC State, LSU, Duke, Michigan LSU, State, one of Michigan was, yeah. State, yeah. Arizona, and oh by the way, Schooler was you know 
first team all Pac-12 at right. one point. He may be the most accomplished current player on defense in all of college football in terms of his like going into last season, he was leading in like tackles for loss and tackles and Isn't Tech one of the only FBS team um, I, I, they may be the leading team, the only team in FBS that has three defen- uh, defensive players that have like 260 yeah. plus career yeah. tackles or something. Yeah, I mean, they Waters yeah. is one of them at safety. Yeah. He is. I mean, he's a three-year starter. I mean, yeah. guys well, uh, one of the uh, the weapons Houston is going to throw out there against Tech uh, this evening is no stranger to Red Raiders, that being Keyshawn Carter, the wide receiver who transferred from Tech to Houston. And uh, Dana Holgerson uh, spoke to us uh, earlier this week about Keyshawn Carter. Production. Um, he, he had production his previous spot, right? So, um, you know, local kid, you know, Woodlands, I think he ran a 10-2. Um, yeah, he came in a little chunky because he had had surgery, and so I was like, 10-2, huh? I mean, you look like you're, but he's he's dropped all that weight and has has uh, has had a good has had a really good camp. So, you know, he's excited about getting back out there on the field. I think he played in the first four games last year, you know, and so got that year back and had you know played played the previous two years. Has got good experience. Um, so that's just what we're looking for, just production more than anything. He needs to get out there and play ball. He's excited about it. I'm sorry. I, I find it uh, humorous to hear Dana Holgerson talking about someone being chunky. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. Sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he, Keyshawn Carter will be interesting to watch him play against Tech. What? what why did he transfer? Do you know what I mean? What, what was the deal on it? He was certainly playing time wasn't an issue, and he was, you know, he was a guy I will that was say this. a future. The and, feeling was mutual. It was time for him to move on. Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And yeah you never know. Alex I mean, Hogan, who else is out there? Tejon Henry. Oh, that's and that right. was, yeah. I, you know, nobody was sad, let's put it that way, with yeah. Tejon. You know what I mean? And look at him. I mean, I'm just being honest, all yeah. right? Where would he be on this depth chart in the running back room? Right. He's yeah, not even on deep, Houston's right. depth chart. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Really? Okay. Tejon's not on it. Keyshawn's starting. So, like, you don't you know? think, like, he's not He's going to play. No, he he's going to play. play. Okay. He will play. Right. But, I mean, you know, he would be fifth at best. Yeah. All right. I mean, on this. Now, Keyshawn, look, he's a good player. Out of all the guys that transfer, I was like, him and Jalen Polk. But then again, we just went on and on about all these great receivers Tech has right. and talent. So right. I mean, if there's a position where you could, you felt like, eh, okay, oh well, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. it would be receiver. Right. I mean, just being honest. Yeah. All right. This is K O N E Lubbock. Uh, when we come back here on the Rock and pregame, it'll be time for Rock and Research. We'll be talking with the play-by-play voice of the Houston Cougars, Kevin Eschenfelder, uh, to talk Cougars versus Red Raiders here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and pregame. <laughs> They know it. We want to know it. Let's do some rockin' research. All right, we are joined by the voice of the Houston Cougars, Kevin Eschenfelder. And, Kevin, it is good to have you uh, back with us here on the Rockin' Pregame. All right, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, all right. Uh, so, Kevin, Dana Holgerson and Matt Wells, they are on respective hot seats this year. Which seat do you think is uh, warming up faster? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Uh Honestly, I, I would have to say probably uh, they're at Texas Tech. Uh, you know, it, it, yes, last year was such a strange season, and I don't know how much you could pull from it. Uh, but you know, it's a result-based business, and uh, you know, I I would just have to I would have to go with the Texas Tech side of things. Uh, 
But you know what? It, it's an important game uh, just for what you just said right there, that question alone. This is an important game, and, and it is for both of these head coaches, obviously for both of these programs and, and how they progress through the rest of 2021. A lot of things is going to be said about what happens uh, here this afternoon in Houston. Which uh, talented young players stand out? Uh, who will make an impact later today? Talking about impact, a guy that, that can change a game, and he did it last year, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to be even better this year, and that's Marcus Jones. I mean, he is such a, a dynamic player, uh, a kid that led the nation. In, in, he, was a, he was a special teams All-American at Troy State. He, he was great again last year for the Cougars, and it's going to be interesting to see now that he has uh, an entire season and, and how that's going to work out. But, uh, it, yeah, that's the guy that really, to me, stands out you know the, the low-hanging fruit is obviously going to be always the quarterback and how well they play because more times than not how well the quarterback plays is how how well the team is going to play but if it was one guy that i think you should keep an eye on it's cornerback marcus jones and uh he, he's he's a, he's a really special player what's the vibe on this houston team and how has it changed since last year the vibe on this team right now is the fact that uh, they are more talented they're you know proverbial bigger stronger faster than they have been since Dana has been here uh, and hoping that that can translate out onto the field. Like, last year was such a strange season. Uh, they had the eight cancellations. And, you know, it was just like you never got you never got your feet underneath you when you took one step forward, you know, two steps back by having a game canceled or whatever the case may be. And then you start getting into a situation where uh, – you know how hard? I mean, how hard is it to get up for that game later that week when you're hearing rumors and kids are reading Twitter that the game's going to be canceled? You had to deal with all that. Now, I think the vibe is is that let's play football. Let's get ready to go. They're excited. This is the first time. Uh, I think there's going to be a feeling that this is the first time they've actually played football since 2019. And uh, it's, it's a new group as far as Houston is concerned. The, the transfer portal on both sides uh, has definitely changed the, the landscape of college football, but both of these rosters and both of these depth charts. So uh, I think they're excited. Uh, there's a lot of optimism, and they'll be ready to go. Yeah, it's Kevin Eschenfelder, voice of the Cougars, joining us on the Rockin' pregame. And, Kevin, how will the rebuilt offensive line help protect Clayton Toon after the loss of Braylon Jones. That was a, uh, you know, that's obviously a big loss, but at the same time, last year, there was just so many moving parts, and whenever Dana came in, I think one of his big priorities was to build depth at each position group, and, uh, you know, it started with the offensive line, and, and last year, we would, uh, it, it, was, it wasn't funny, but it was, it was almost sad to watch how one guy would get hurt, and there would be, literally three guys playing in a different position than the week before. And that was a regular basis. So they built some depth up front. Uh, you know, Cody Rusty's a guy who uh, transferred in from Louisiana Tech. He, he's, he's, uh, he made 65 starts at Louisiana Tech. So he is a veteran there in the middle. And, you know, they have Patrick Paul on the outside, big, strong kid, and Keenan Murphy. So they're bigger up front. And, uh, you know, veteran like Dennis Bardwell, who is back. But I think they're going to be much better with the offensive line, and I, I'm a firm, I know it sounds so old school, but I'm a firm believer. If you start up front with that offensive line, your running game becomes better. All of a sudden, your passing game becomes better. The quarterback stays upright. He has more time to make the correct read. It just makes everything better, and uh, we'll see how it plays out, but I certainly, uh, they're, they're very optimistic about what they have up front as far as the offensive line is concerned. The Cougars' defense is experienced, but what are their weaknesses? Taking the ball away is something that they had done 
a lot when they were successful defensively. You know, people forget that I think, uh, you know, over the last decade, those really good teams, you know, you think about, uh, you think about offense and things like that. They're really good teams in 2016 with, with Tom Herman. Those two teams were just fantastic defensively. And you can look in the NFL and see a lot of those guys that were on that defensive side of the football that are in the NFL now. And that's why. But, uh, they're going to have to, I think they, they were opportunistic. Uh, they could, they were, they were good straight up defensively, but they also created a lot of turnovers. If there's something I think that uh, they would probably like to see, maybe, uh, is that, and I haven't had a coach tell me this. I just, this is a, observation on my part is to, to be more opportunistic in the sense of, of getting those takeaways. That would be where I would think they would improve, want to improve the most. Uh, they built, again, depth defensively. You know, they lost a, a big piece as far as their defensive line is concerned to the NFL and Peyton Turner, but they've been able to replace them. And, uh, and so I, that's where I would go with. I would say, uh, you know, being able to take the football away maybe a little bit more than they had in the past. All right, uh, Kevin, talk to us about the problems at receiver, especially after Houston losing Cole McGowan. It's another position that uh, that they have improved the depth on, and one that they were a little bit worried about. Obviously, you guys know all too well Keyshawn Carter. You know, seeing him come in, he's a Houston kid. Obviously, he played at Texas Tech, but, but you know he'll be in there. Uh, Tank Dell is another guy, and they've also brought people in. Jeremy Singleton really just never was healthy a year ago. He'll be another guy that will be on the outside, number thirteen. He's a junior out of New Orleans, and, and so they're going to be looking for him. But they're also going to be, I think, looking for some of these new guys. Uh, to be able to come in and really, you know, make their presence felt. Jake Herslow is a grad transfer. So when you bring those grad transfers in, you're bringing in some experience and, and guys that uh, know how to know how to play play the game and, and do things the right way. And so I think they'll be better on the. I think they'll be better at every position group. But I think wide receiver may be uh, one of those position groups that, that you'll see a significant difference. But a guy to keep an eye on, I think, is, is number one, Tank Dell. You guys know all too well uh, Keyshawn Carter. Those are two uh, going to be important pieces to the puzzle for the Cougars. Well, Kevin, what do you see are the keys to today's game for Houston? I think it is uh, imperative not to, not, to go to the, not to go to the obvious card here, but you've know, you got to take care of the football. And when you have opportunities – you got to cash in. Uh, you can't you can't end drives and field goals, uh, things like that. Uh, and you know, get into a, a flow early on. Uh, then all of a sudden, maybe maybe you can get Texas Tech back on their heels a little bit. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I think that would be a very important thing for Houston. And also, you know, build a little confidence and get the crowd into it early on. I think that would certainly bode well for the University of Houston. That's the last time they played there. At, uh, at the stadium here in uh, in Houston, uh, you know they got into it early. They were able to take it to, to Oklahoma early on in that ball game, have some big plays. Crowd really got into it, and it was an electric atmosphere. So I think that's, that that'll be a, a key for Houston. Well, Kevin, we thank you, and we wish you all the best in your recovery from a heart attack. Hey, man, thank you so much. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, if you don't feel right, something's wrong, don't wait. Uh, go see a doctor. It's better for him to say that there's, there's nothing wrong and thanks for coming in. And Because uh, when things get bad, they can get bad very, very quickly. And I, I know all too well. Luckily, I was smart enough to, to have married a, a lady that's a lot smarter than me that got me to the hospital in time, and that's why I'm here talking to you guys today. Yeah, I think we all did that. It's the voice of the Houston Cougars celebrating his 30th year of broadcasting Houston Baseball Media Wall of Honor, Kevin Eschenfelder. Kevin, good luck on the call this evening. 
Thank you so much, and all my best to the Texas Tech fans, and good luck to you guys the rest of the season. All right, coming up next here on the Rock and Pregame, uh, it's time to talk some recruiting. Which recruits made an impact so far this year? And we'll also take a look at uh, where they're heading next with football recruiting. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. Inside the Red Raiders recruiting news, football. All right, yeah, the lifeblood of the program, certainly recruiting, and uh, recruiting has changed so much over the last year with the, the transfer portal and it's, you know, the traditional, you know, bringing in 25 high school guys and all. It's really not that way anymore. So it's uh, always been interesting every week to, to really talk about this and uh, where recruiting is going. But uh, to get you updated uh, here today, Jared Johnson, inside the RedRaiders.com. Yeah, I want to talk about actually the commits, the high school commits. We've talked so much about transfers, and rightfully so, but this is really, right now, in terms of recruiting, it's about the high school recruits. And what I love about their approach is that they know they have the transfer portal in their back pocket, so they're not going to reach like we've seen. So they're going after high-target guys, guys they really want. And you know what's cool is that, so one of the things I do uh, every year at Inside the Red Raiders is, you know, we follow them once the season starts. And, you know, not as extensively as Pete does in covering around here, but, but we, we follow the tech commits and see, you know, I always post Friday Night Lights, who they're going to play, when they're going to play, all that, and then, you know, the results of, of what they accomplish, whether their teams win or lose. And, of course, a lot of these guys that are going on to play Power 5 football, they're on really good teams, you know, teams that are uh, going to be in contention for state championships. And boy, so... I guess there's no week zero anymore, is there, Pete? No. Starts with, well, thank God. I, that was so yeah, confusing. That was <laughs> Never understood so, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so week one was all the tech uh, commits. There's only seven. Uh, one is hurt. Caden uh, Weatherby in Colorado, he had a torn uh, labrum, and he's going to be out for the whole season. But all the other six guys, their teams won their first game. So they went 6-0. and to start the season, and a couple of guys had monster games. One of them was uh, Bryson Donnell, a 5'11", 204-pound uh, uh, running back at Tyler Legacy, which used to be Tyler Lee. Uh, his first game, he caught seven passes for 129 yards and a touchdown, and he also ran for 84 yards and two touchdowns, which is, hey, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and, but then he followed that up with last night, uh, Legacy won again. They beat uh, Tyler. So they, they won the first game. They beat Lufkin. So a bunch of East Texas uh, action there. And uh, Donnell followed that up. His second game, he only rushed seven times but for 52 yards and a touchdown and caught two passes for 58 yards and a score. So what we're seeing is a versatile dude, right? I mean, that's something that I've noticed with Coach Cumbie uh, being here is that these running backs have to be versatile. If you're just like a one-dimension running back, if you're only – uh, you know, could run between the tackles or whatever. You're not gonna, you're just not gonna get that many carries because they need, they, they ask the running backs to do a lot in this offense. So it's good to see uh, that Bryson uh, Donnell can do a lot of things. Another guy, uh, he's really intriguing to me. And Pete, I, you're probably more familiar with him than I am. Is uh, Hut Graham at Gunter? He's, a court, he's uh, been recruited at, at Texas Tech as a safety, but he's also their starting quarterback and that's who knocked out uh eastland in the playoffs last right. year and i mean they knocked a lot of teams out of the playoffs last year they started this year two and zero. they just beat um pottsboro who's like their rival uh 51 to 7 last night and i saw wow. it was such a cakewalk for them that there was a highlight of uh hut graham uh he had ripped off a 51 yard run where he just he broke one tackle which looked like the guy wouldn't stand there and this is a possible team that beat them 
It was the only regular season loss for Gunter last year was Pospero. Uh But he broke this tackle, and then he basically waltzed in the in- end zone while flashing a peace sign to the local cameraman as he was going <laughs> in the end zone. Uh, he's a really good safety, too. I really like uh, – He's. He, I, I always look and see, like, are they going to shy away from contact? And this guy, despite playing quarterback, does not. He'll come up and hit you. So I haven't really seen him enough in coverage and against, uh, you know, the type of athletes he's going to see at this level. But uh, he certainly will come hit you, and he's a leader because uh, he's leading that, that program at Gunter. Another guy I should have probably led off this whole thing with, with him is uh, Marion Horn at Broken Arrow up in Oklahoma. Not only did they start off with a win by beating Mansfield Legacy, so it was an Oklahoma versus Texas kind of thing in Mansfield, uh, where he caught a 70-yard pass and had another uh, long run. But uh, the day, the next day after they won, he announced that uh, he was going to be playing, or he was been invited at least, to the Under Armour All-American game. I don't know about y'all, but I don't remember a whole lot of Texas Tech recruits who yeah. played in the Under Armour All-American game. And for those who don't know, it's the basically there's two you know there's the army bowl game too uh and then the under armor game and it's the top 200 players in the country playing those two games and you practice leading up to it it's it's a big deal so that'll get some pub for texas tech and uh definitely um you know it'd be nice to see to see him to have somebody to cover throughout that whole game but uh he also plays offense and that's the thing is he will like think of him as like a, a i'm not saying he's Deion sanders i'm saying being utilized in that kind of role and that he's a cornerback. He's a four-star cornerback, uh, obviously an All-American, high school All-American cornerback, but who also plays offense. He'll you know take a screen pass to the house or run a reverse for you, can be a punt returner for you, very uh, a whole lot of speed. He also he had a 12-yard touchdown reception. They played uh, Tulsa Union, who, I, you know, if you know high school football, you've heard about that program. Oh, yeah. It's one of the powerhouses in Oklahoma. They lost to Union, which was kind of an upset because for Union, they had been down the last couple of years, meaning they didn't win the state championship, because Broken Arrow had, you know, <laughs> right. it's just two big-time powerhouses, and it was at Tulsa Union, and, and Tulsa Union won 38-28, but Marion Horn did score a 12-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter uh, to try and keep it close, but so that was a big-time game, and that was really big for Tulsa Union to kind of prove that, hey, hey, you know, we, we're in this, uh, we're still, we're still, you know, who you think we are. Um, Tyler King's wide receiver, who he's another guy. He's first off, he's known for running a four-two forty. All right, so he's fast. He plays uh, for Leaf Taylor, and now they lost last night too. They won their first game. They uh, shut somebody out, like thirty-one to nothing. I can't remember who it was. Uh, one of the other Houston schools, Aldine King, I think it was. Anyways, uh, they lost to Angleton last night, but. He did. He rushed five times for 28 yards and a touchdown, which I found surprising. But he also he only caught two passes. So he kind of got shut down as a receiver. But uh, he had a nice game in the opener last night. Not so much, but he did find the end zone, you know, um, in, a, in a tough game. Uh, Sheridan Wilson, starting right tackle for Argyle. Argyle's, I mean, they're defending state champs. They went undefeated last year. One of the great programs at some of the low, one of the lower levels. Was it 4A? I think they're 4A. Um, but man, they you know Ian Sadler's a guy who came here from that program. They have a Jack Tucker and Cole Kirkpatrick from the team last year uh, that went undefeated and won the won the state title. That's on Tech's team right now. So they produce a lot of Division One athletes for being yeah. a four A school. And he's a he's a big old dude. He might play inside. He might play tackle 
for Tech when he gets up here, but uh, he's a huge Red Raider fan, and uh, I think he said he's going to come out for the Oklahoma State game. He told me, I, I just interviewed him in the last week. Um, he really likes head coach Steve Farmer, and uh, he right now, though, all he's thinking about is trying to defend that state title, you know? So yeah. He actually went against uh, Curly Thomas in the first week, Fort Worth Nolan, who I don't know if you all remember, we talked about him a lot. Curly Thomas is one of Tech's uh, top targets that they lost out to. He actually he had offers from Oklahoma State and Baylor and TCU and Tech, and he chose Cal. Huh. Wow. So we'll see if he sticks with that, you know, because yeah. uh, that was surprising. I mean, great school, you know. It's, right, then, you yeah. Know, obviously, it's Power 5, so, I mean, uh, it makes a lot of sense on one hand. But then again, man, that's, you're a long way from Mama, you know. Right. I mean, Mama so, may not like that yeah, after know, right? that first uh, couple of weeks. Yeah. And a lot of times you see these guys, not as much when they go west, Especially if they go up to like Minnesota or Wisconsin, they're like, "Man, it's cold. I'm going back <laughs> home." You know, they don't have they don't have that kind of food that I yeah. want to. So, we'll see if he sticks with Cal. And if he does, uh, actually sign with them, he might be one of those transfer guys. You know, that yeah. ends up getting down the road. So, but anyways, uh, Sheridan Wilson went mano a mano with him in the opener in the Tom Landry Classic there at Allen Stadium, and uh, held his own. So there were some really good highlights in there. Two future power five you know players edge players they're clash of the titans for that that level of high school football you still really see guys of that caliber that too often go head to head and uh i thought sheridan wilson wilson did a really good job so that was good to see uh not just dominating some of the smaller guys um one of the more interesting guys he had a really uh entertaining and kind of inspiring commitment video is jocelyn malaska out of bethany oklahoma he's the guy who uh, basically was a Haitian refugee adopt that was adopted and like didn't know a lick of English when he got here when he was uh, like eight or something like that wow. but you know he's like an honor student now and you know, division one head bound and all that and, oh by the way he's a really good athlete you know he plays both ways for Bethany there they're two and0 they got to a two and0 start and so he's their top cornerback that's where Tex recruited him but he also he's caught two or three touchdowns I think it's uh, three touchdowns through two games so you know Another versatile player. That's a, a common theme with uh, these recruits is they really like uh, versatile players. So that's those are the guys right now. I mean, you want it to be a bigger class, but um, there's one. People ask me, well, who's the next guy to commit? I'm like, man, there's not really a lot of guys I'd say right now because they're not, like I said, they're not reaching. But there is one guy I want to mention, and it's Major Everhart. All right? And, uh, Amarillo Tascosa. He's probably, he's one of the top, three players in all of West Texas, all right? He's a versatile, uh, again, a guy who could play. He's kind of a scat back, but he also can play inside receiver. Uh, for example, they I, I forgot who they lost to last night. but Midland Tesco's Legacy, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Which, thank you. Which was so Midland Lee. Midland Lee, yes. Yeah. I know. I, yeah. People, you say I Legacy. 51-48. I saw the score, yeah. Everhart, though, was like the player of the game, even though they lost. He had four carries for 80 yards and a touchdown and five catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. Um Tech's been on him. Was they done? Like, you know, we complain when they're like, "Oh, why didn't they offer this guy? He's in the backyard." You know, so and so's already offered him. It's too late. They were on him first. I mean, they were the first people really on him, and they have a great relationship with him. But now Notre Dame's offered I mean, a lot of big time programs that he's considering, and I, and I understand. But Tech's in a really good place with him, so I, you know. We'll have to see. I've interviewed him several times. I need to catch up with him and see where he's at. But because at one point, 
I, I, I already put in a crystal ball for him because I thought he was good, uh, prediction that he was going to sign with Tech because you know he loves Coach uh, DeAndre Smith, he loves Coach Wells, and he really likes just the whole Texas Tech and Lubbock culture. And then the opportunity to stay relatively close, you know. But I mean, when a Notre Dame's come a calling, those kind of programs, you have to at least listen. So oh, yeah. we'll have to see as this drags out longer and longer. I feel less and less confident about my yeah. prediction, but. Uh, they're, they're in a pretty good place with him still, and that's definitely a recruitment to watch. Well, what's great about it is that, uh, like you said, it's the the way the landscape has changed where you're not really looking at bringing in, like, you know, 25 high school guys yeah. every class, but it does seem like they're, you know, they're they're cherry-picking guys that they, they really think can help them. And, and it seems like the guys, there's fewer of them, but they, they genuinely seem like guys who have a great upside and really have a shot to, to be impact guys. Like and a Mason just, Garp? Yeah, I mean, or, really, yeah. You know, Baron Morton. Right. I mean, those are really good players. You know? Yeah. So, no, I, I like to see that. So, uh, still got more to come here as we're uh, coming up on kickoff for Texas Tech. It's the uh, the brand-new season here. They're playing Houston tonight. Kickoff about uh, just a little over uh, 20 minutes away. Wow. But still more to come here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on 101.1 The Beer. Open the cotton court vaults. All right, here we are in the Cotton Court Vault. It is time now, you know, the beginning of the season. This is where optimism is is at its height. I mean, really, you know, there's about just... 20 minutes left of that. Yeah. Well, as soon you know, as they make a play, people will be complaining <laughs> about something. That's unless, right. Unless you're Jeff Scott. Yeah, that's right. Well, I'm already a, a, I'm already a pessimist. But, hey, you got to admit, though, this year I've been as optimistic about tech football as I've been in a long time. And uh, Why is that? Real quick. It, well, well, honestly, it's because... I mean, listen, before the scrimmage, I really, I, I thought, you know what, we're probably looking at another four-win season. But after going to that scrimmage and watching uh, Tyler Shuck, I do think that, that the quarterback play that Tech could get from him could really make the difference in like, at least two wins, you know. Yeah. And, and they, they, they're definitely deeper on defense. Um, you know, they, they, just, they just look like they got more guys that can play even the second team guys, you know, and so that alone right there made me go from even last week we were making our predictions and I, I was up to six games. And I know that still sounds like, what, six games? But for me, though, I mean, I'm telling yeah, you, that's a two-game swing game. for what I thought uh, before the you know before the scrimmage even. Two games in football is huge, yeah. especially in college. I mean, a two-game difference. You talk, look at the difference between a four-win season and a bowl game. Right. Bowl team. I mean, that's, just, Feels a lot different, different doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah. Well, uh, so, yeah, with all the optimism here, so uh, here we are coming up on game one. We're going to put our football predictions on tape so we can run it back at the end of the season. Oh boy. So I'm going to throw out some stuff for you guys here, and uh, you uh, tell me what you think here. We're going to start with the number of touchdowns thrown by Tyler Shuck. Now he threw, I guess, uh, so he had 17 last year. So this, uh, number no, of touchdowns. 17 was by Texas Tech. Oh, okay, that was Tech. Okay, Tech had 17 passing. And touchdowns. this is for the okay. whole year. Yeah, whole year. for the for the whole year. So they number only threw of touchdowns. 17 in two in 10 games. 17. Oh, remember it was Air Dunk. Air Yawn. Terrible. Yeah, it's hard to score touchdowns when you went to horizontal all, all the time on every play. Yeah. All right, number of touchdowns uh, thrown by Shuck. Seventeen last year for man, Tech. Man, he's what do you got think? so many weapons. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go double. I'm gonna say thirty-four. And see, and that's another thing you asked me about optimism. Wow. I, think with, I think he can get five today with Sonny Cumbie being the offensive wow. coordinator. Right. I feel so much better yeah. about the the imagination that we'll see on offense well, as opposed then, to the last couple of years. But then you got to wonder, I mean, how many, how long will he play the next two weeks? Are they going to take him out if they're up big? And so, I'll say thirty. Okay, okay. Well, it's not like you're. I mean, you, you were like, I think you uh, 
scoffed at me. Scoff! No, uh, it wasn't a scoff. It was a wow. Uh, that's gonna be that's a lot of touchdowns. But then yeah. you're right. You you uh, won me over with your uh, well. And then next week he should, I mean, he should have the the pick of the litter. It takes me a while to do math. I was like, all right, okay, so I was like right. twelve games. Carry the one. Give or take. That's what you saw me do. It's like that, yeah. those gifts where they're thinking of the math. No, I think with Cumby though, I think there's just going to be a. It's just going to be a little more wide open. They've got yeah. the weapons. I, I just I don't know. It's going to be a lot more it, wide open. It, it was so vanilla the last couple of years. I've been biting my tongue because you know you don't want to. Give away all the secrets, right? But I mean, I, it's going to be a lot more. Yeah. Better. All right. Next up, number of touchdowns run for this season. Uh, and Tech had 18 TDs last year. Wow, they ran for more TDs than they passed yeah. for last year. So we it was in 10 games too. Remember? Uh-huh. So and they're going to, you know, they're going to get to play. God willing, FIU have, yeah. and uh, yeah. Stephen of Austin. So might have. Uh, Ten in those two games. <laughs> That's true. You right. don't know. Seriously, I'll say twenty-five. Fifty-five touchdowns. That what? That's all. One dollar. Oh, I thought it was Price is Right. I was oh, gonna go yeah, low. Yeah. I'm going to go one dollar. You've won uh, our showcase, <laughs> Pete. Congratulations! You get to uh, spin the big wheel. Uh, I'll go uh, twenty-three. Twenty-three. All right. Next up, uh, leading rusher. For 2021, this is crazy because you know Saradric could be a favorite, but he's been injury prone. He's right. going to miss a lot of games. What do you think? Well, it's either him or Brooks, I would say. Yeah. So or I, Shuck. That's true. If they You're right. if they spread it between these running backs enough and that's Shuck true. gets loose enough, You're right? I'm just saying. Yeah. And he he actually is a little more mobile. Watch him in that scrimmage than what I thought he was going to be coming for, in, you know? He ran for 250 yards and two mm-hmm. touchdowns in seven games, and his offensive coordinator wouldn't leave him in in the red zone. Yeah. So, no, I'm going to go with Tyler Shuck. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll go with uh, Sir Roderick. All right. Leading receiver for 2021. Eric Yeah, the, yeah that's, no question. He's, he's led the last two years. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason he Let's shouldn't be three. the uh, leader again yeah. there. All right, the uh, game that Tech shouldn't win, but does win. I'm going to go with Texas. That's a good one. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah. I mean, they've had they've fared well in in Austin mm-hmm. lately. So I'm gonna, I'll go with Texas. Well, technically they'll be probably underdogs in West Virginia, Morgantown. So I'll mm-hmm. I'll take that one. Okay. See, that's what that's what I was thinking was West Virginia on that one. Okay, game that. Uh, Tech shouldn't lose, but will. And there always seems to be one of those every year, some stupid game they shouldn't lose that they do. Well, I don't know. I mean, Kansas State looked really good today. Yeah. So I don't know if you should say they shouldn't lose yeah, that game. Yeah, you're right. But I think it's at home, right? So, so yeah. um, right now, I think it was like, a, or before going into today, ESPN had them as like 70-something percent chance of beating Kansas State. So if that will be allowed, I'll say Kansas State. Okay. I mean, uh, I, they were favored. Now they're underdog. But, I mean, you could say this today's game. Think they're going to lose today? No, I'm not saying they are, but I'm saying you could That's the say question, that. Though. Yeah, no, but, I'm but not no, saying but that. a game gonna, they shouldn't right. lose, but they, yeah. Well, I mean, how, how, can I say TCU? Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I think TCU. that's a, that's a no. I think that's they should the other win. Because yeah. well, you that's can't say too. Oklahoma. You can't say Texas. Well, Baylor. Well, that's true. Yeah. See, they shouldn't lose to yeah. They shouldn't that, lose. That's, that that's is a good one. They shouldn't yeah, lose to that one. No. But. Yeah. All right, and I'll then uh, uh, okay, that uh, finally, what will Texas Tech's final season record be? 
Uh, seven and five. That's what you said last year. I'm actually seven and five. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, and I had six and six. And as of right now, we're not I'm counting the bowl game, right? We're, yeah, we're not, not the, uh, eight, eight, yeah, eight, 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 eight. Let's yeah. mention. Didn't Sean say Sean's nine got, and three? Nine and three. You said yes. yeah, that's right. Already count. Wow, game hadn't right. started yet. How's You're that already Kool-Aid over yeah. there? Yeah. Who are they losing? Is that to? grape? Okay. Who are they losing uh, to? Who are the three losses? Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Baylor. 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 That was interesting. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right, uh, Sean's got a crystal ball that, uh, yeah, interesting. Okay. All right, uh, when we come back here, it is time to rock or roll. Wow, the, the return of rock or roll. I, I can't Are wait Are you going to explain that? Pete, what that is now. No, rock we'll, we'll, we'll do that next. We'll, 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 we'll explain that <laughs> oh, coming good, okay. up here. By this time, I think everybody knows. That's coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 The Beard. I couldn't oh, wait a minute. Sorry, that's my fault. I'm ready. I pushed the wrong button, Pete. You were you were right there, Loosen and, and, and I, didn't, I didn't... Nice! Wow, that that right there that may have been the best moment of the entire show right there, Pete. It's the Cotton Court Hotel, Big Twelve Scoreboard. I'm not sure of her name, but that Nicole Sherringer, whatever. That's a pussycat doll, man. She's yeah, got some loosen up those buttons. Yeah, okay. she's, yeah. Hey, uh, top twenty-five scoreboard. <laughs> Uh, before I get into that, I do want to mention Maryland leads West Virginia 23-21, 6.30 left in the game. Top 25, number one Alabama being number one Alabama. They're beating Miami 44-13, eight minutes left in the game. Number 18, Iowa, on top of number 17, Indiana, 34-6. The Hawkeyes lead with three minutes left in the game. Number 8, Cincinnati, uh, leading Miami of Ohio, 42-14, a buck 27 left in the game. Number 7, Iowa State, 13, Northern Iowa, 10, 236 left in the third quarter of that one. Number 21, Texas, 21, number 23, Louisiana, 12, Five minutes left in the third quarter in Austin. Number 15, USC leads San Jose State 13-0 at the half. Some final scores today. We've got uh, number 22, Coastal Carolina, 52, the Citadel, 14. Number 24, Utah beat Weber State 40-17. Number 4, Ohio State, 45. Minnesota, 31. Number 25, Arizona State beat Southern Utah, 41-14. Virginia Tech upset number 10, North Carolina, 17-10. Oh, not Michigan. Penn State, number 19, beat number 12, Wisconsin. The Nittany Lions go on the road, get a big win, 16-10. Number 2, Oklahoma beat Tulane, 40-35. And number 11, Oregon beat Fresno State, 31-24. And I think looking up on the TV, it looked like uh, they had a quarterback issue. It looked like the quarterback. Somebody went down in that game, and you think, man, I should, you hope certainly that's not going to happen. Uh, so they're actually their best, uh, Thibodeau, their best like the All-American linebacker. Oh, it's the linebacker. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So uh, that's top 25 school. It's back, and Pete wants to know, and so do I, to rock or roll. Hey, how does this work, Jeff? <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask. Let me explain that. How does it work? Pete, here's, here's, what, uh, here's what rock and roll is here. So I'm, I'm going to give you some uh, statistics, okay? okay. We're going to set it at, at a certain number. And then uh, if you think it's going to be that number or greater, you're going to rock on that. Okay. And if you think it'll be less than that, you're going to roll. That's how it works. You know, this is year six of this fantastic right? show for our listeners out there. Uh, I think I've done pretty well because I think... Uh, my man Jared owes me some more I do, H2O I? that's uh, good for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I gave you some beer. And I'm not talking about a hint that my girlfriend drinks. Those flavored waters and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't like. You're not a flavored water guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Girl, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Some of the drinks you soft drinks like vanilla Sprite or something. Vanilla like Pepsi. That. My favorite Nobody right now is a stuff. butterscotch Pepsi. Butterscotch Pepsi. Oh, Where are you from? You can't even live in Texas and want around, something yeah. like that, man. <laughs> I believe you guys call it sweet tea. Wow. <laughs> I okay. hate sweet tea. Butterscotch. Sorry. Sorry. Pete. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's get to it here because I'm disturbed enough as it is. I, I can't even hear any more of that, and Pete. Keenan Ward, if you look at the W, that's what Keenan Ward put to hit for his okay. predictions. Okay. He actually predicted rock and roll also. Okay. Oh, you're talking about what's on the sheet here. Yeah. Okay, man, he threw okay. me off there. Um, I was like, man, did I miss something? I thought yeah. he left hours ago. Okay. Um, all right, here we go. Rock or roll. Texas Tech completion percentage at 65%. Yeah, Chuck was 64.5, I think, which is, I guess is why you put that, Sean, Six, it's 65. Yes. Um, that's really high. I'm going to, was it roll would be underneath yeah. that? I'm going to yeah. roll. Yeah, I'm going to roll two first games, some jitters, you know, feeling things out. Uh, less than Is this 65%. for the season or just this game? This game. Oh, this game, yeah. So yeah. Keenan, Keenan rocked. rocked on that. Okay. All right, uh, next up, Texas Tech rush yards at 135 and a half. Keenan rocked, rocked on that, rocked. too. Oh, yeah. Everybody? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, Texas Tech punt yards, 248 and a half. I'm going to roll. Hopefully they don't punt that much. Yeah, I'm rolling too. I mean, that's what, 50. T- I mean, that's yeah, like, they can't punt to that dude. Five times. That much without. He's like the. He's an all American punt. Marcus. What's his name? Sean. I always forget. That cornerback who's their punt returner and kick returner. He's first team all American. He's 5'8. I can tell you everything about him except his last name. That Johnny All American. Yeah, so yeah that is. guy. Anyways, he. Uh, I mean, he can't punt to him that much. They're going to have to kick it out of bounds. So even if they do punt a lot, I don't know if they're going to get the distance. All right. Texas takes sacks of Houston at two and a half. Keenan ro- rolled on that. I'm going to rock. Marcus Jones. Jones. Wow. Because they're going to get remember that. today. Uh, yeah, I'm going to rock, too. All right. Um, Houston punts at five. Keenan rocked on that one. I'll rock, too. Got push-pull? <laughs> no <laughs> no push-pulling. Push I didn't describe that in the rules, but, yeah, no no push-pulling. I'll roll then. I, uh, I don't think they punt that much. All right. Uh, Houston first downs at 19, and uh, Keenan rocked on that one. Roll. I'll rock. Yeah, see, I think I would have rolled on that one. Um, Tune pass yards for Houston at 267.5. Keenan uh, rolled on that. I'm going to roll. 267.5, that's pretty specific there. (laughs) That was his average. You're a real real number cruncher Um, over there. I'm going to rock. I think he throws a little bit more there. Yeah, if it wasn't for that half, though, you know. Um, all right, then uh, Houston, total number of plays at 70 and a half. That seems low for a couple of air raid disciples, I'm gonna offensive r- coordinators. So I'm going to rock. Yeah, I'm going to rock, too. Yeah, Keenan Ward also rocked on that one. I want you to sing it every time you say, I want to yes, rock. Yes, I want to rock. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a rule that you have to do that. <laughs> I could just do my normal voice. I want to hear you, hear you sing. All right, um, Gosh, rock or roll, or whether or not I can say this guy's name. <laughs> I'm going to roll, I, for me, Th- for sure. Th- 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 Thabo Mawaniki tackles. I hope I said that Tabo correctly. Thabo Mawaniki. That guy, five tackles. Um, uh, Keenan Ward rocked on that. Uh, he's their safety. Uh, roll. 
Uh, I'm going to rock, rock on that. I want to rock. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Like butter. That's so okay. much better. <laughs> it's the Bud Light Keys to the Game. Uh-oh. All right, here we go. Keys to the game uh, tonight. We're just—I mean, man—we're like coming up on kickoff in, uh, just like minutes from now. What do you think, Jared? Yeah, can't let Marcus Jones beat you with a punt return or a kick return for a touchdown, and you have to protect Tyler Shuck. Yeah, and I just—you know—the obvious. Just get off to a fast start. There's going to be a lot of jitters getting out there the first time. You do not want to make mistakes and fall in a hole because. You're antsy. Uh, you know, settle down and, and get it going from the get-go. That's what I think. Tech's got to get out to an, an early lead because if you let you know, and you let uh, you let Houston hang around, and and then it just becomes a close game. Anything can happen. So hopefully, Tech just comes out firing all, on all cylinders. They get out to an early lead and uh, and and get the W. So uh, thanks for checking out the Rock and pregame today. We'll be back next week for the first home game of the year. But uh, kickoff is uh, coming up here. This has been the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on 101.1 The Beer.